Well, it's Sunday, December 6, 2020 here in Bakersfield, California. And we've already had some amazing action in Spain. The men's world record and half marathon went down. It used to be like 58.01 and a Kenyan just ran uh, 57.32 or something like that. Just phenomenal performance. In fact, three other guys went under 58. So four men under the old world record. Pretty outstanding. Uh, I guess it pays to have a billionaire bring running to his city of Valencia. A billionaire, Spanish billionaire has been putting on races there. Back in October, we had the 5K women's record broken. Been around for over a decade. And then the men's 10K record was broken as well. So pretty phenomenal performances this morning. In Valencia, Spain today, not only was there a fast half marathon, there was a fast marathon. Top two guys, seconds apart, almost broke 203. Four men under 204 in that race. The women's races were also stacked deep. Um, no record set, but definitely some outstanding performances. The lone American, actually I thought I saw one other American running also, but Jordan Hase, of course, was there. And Jordan, unfortunately, ran like 233, coming off her kind of poor performance in her time trial half marathon. It was sort of expected back in the Olympic trials way back, it seems like ages ago, February 29th. She was a distant like 27th, and then she dropped out of Chicago. Uh, I've been able to watch Jordan's career, high school career. As I've said many times, she ran here in the central section, even though she lived on the coast, San Luis Obispo, and she's always been a phenomenal talent and a wonderful young lady. I really hope maybe she takes a break from marathoning. You know, I know we all kind of get in this world where thinking it's no big deal, but marathons are hard. I hope she maybe drops down instead of some 5Ks, 10Ks, maybe throw in some cross country and just do something different for a few years, build up that speed and track background and then come back for that 2024 Olympic shot. Um, I believe she can do it, just needs to figure things out. Speaking of the Olympics, there was a great track meet. I think they called it the track meet down in Southern California yesterday. Last night actually had 5,000s on Friday, 10,000s on Saturday night. Plenty of Olympic standards were met by American athletes as well as international athletes. I believe I saw an Englishman became the fourth fastest Englishman of all time. So congratulations to all of them. And then we also had some high school action. I guess the California Newberry Park kids were supposed to run in this track meet in SoCal, but uh, organizations like CIF and other people, I think, put the kibosh on that. So they ended up driving across the border like they did earlier this season and ran a cross-country meet. They went and ran a track 5K, and one of the Newberry Park guys ran under 430, 14.30, like 14.24 or something, but his sophomore teammate was right behind him and broke the state uh, sophomore record, and I believe fourth best sophomore all time. It's phenomenal what uh, their coach in Newberry Park, Sean Brosen, has been doing there. And it goes to show you that coaching is important in all sports. You know, I just listened to Bill Simmons there on the NFL and talking about how important coaches are in the NFL while running too. I know Sean, when you listen to him on that prep cal track, uh, the 2019 season, his one favorite tagline is that, you know, 420 for a mile is just not that fast. And I think when you have expectations high like him, and they do the proper training, of course. But, you know, it's not like he's just got a phenomenal talent bed there. It's just Newberry Park, California. Nothing spectacular about it. It's not, you know, altitude or any of those kind of things. So 
amazing, amazing performances. And it just goes to show you that hard work, training, good coaching, parental support as well has led to some phenomenal success with this team. One highlight at the Valencia meet was that one American did real well in the half marathon. I'm sure she's kind of disappointed, but Emily Sisson, who's been a good track runner in the past, ran the half marathon, and uh, she just missed breaking the American record by one second. There's nothing like getting up in the morning and seeing all this great endurance news, fast times, and just great performances. So I got out. The weasel often takes Sundays off. She says it's her day of rest. So I came out here and did a 50-minute chug, five-minute walk, five-minute run. Put in a pretty good workout. So pleased with that. Uh, definitely looking forward to doing a 5K in a week or two. We've got an actual real-life 5K here in Bakersfield, but we're not sure if it'll happen. It's the Jingle Bell Reindeer 5K. They're doing COVID restrictions like we did with the Judgment Day. So hopefully we have this event. Uh, it's been interesting. The past uh, couple months, I've always been watching mountain climbing Everest type documentaries and my wife is now a big fan. And so we keep digging deeper and deeper into the archives on YouTube. It's pretty amazing how much phenomenal stuff is out there. Got to thinking about Everest and then of course, you know, YouTube's algorithms are so good. Please subscribe to my channel. Love your support. Um, and you know, they popped up Killian, Jordan, and his Everest thing. And I was watching that, of course, especially since, you know, his failed attempt at the 24-hour record, which, you know, wasn't going to happen. I said I called it out before it happened and then got some heat for saying it wasn't going to happen. Interestingly, the guy that was doing some of the commentating did, uh, did comment on my post because I had asked, you know, why, you know, all the reasons why they should have been in Norway. And then he responded, uh, why Norway, why not? He went back in and he commented and said, that, uh, you know, that Killian lives in Norway, the track was near his home, and that was kind of the whole reasoning. They said that they did look at an indoor track nearby, but it was 200 meters, and they thought that that would go, people would go insane running on a 200 meter track. Many great performances, of course, were on 200 meter tracks. That was like basically what they used to do in the 1870s and 1880s, Madison Square Garden on an eight laps to a mile track, 220 yard track. My friend, Bob Davison, who, has walked 430 plus miles on a six day race, had done the race in Colorado. It was like on a 200 meter track back in the eighties, I believe, when Stu Middleton had set the record for Americans at 570. And he said that a 200 meter track is a great place because you can just see and smell your competition. And it's just a phenomenal experience. Of course, later on, Joe Fee just broke that record at the Dome One in Alaska with 580 or so and then went 606 as the first American. So I'm watching it, watching the Killian thing. And, you know, I've known about his career, unlike some of the people thinking, oh, you don't know anything about him. And, you know, this was kind of a recap. And they're talking about the summits of his life and how he pretty much got burnt out on competition. And I feel in there, I've definitely taken a backseat on the competition. And, you know, he's talking about the pressure and stuff. and small way I have that it's just more people's expectations of you and all you want to do is compete in fact I have to have competition to compete like I just failed doing this Bakersfield Marathon Challenge but I still went out last night this morning I'll go out this evening so the thing's still kind of going on but anyways watching it and he's kind of 
doing all the seven summits or something like that. But then they talk about his Everest. And you know, he's going up there and doing some pretty phenomenal stuff. But one of the things that's very strange and odd, and I've seen it in the media, was whether or not he summited. Now, he claims to have gone up there and summited twice in one week, which seems insane. In fact, the Sherpa supposedly called him Monkey for how quickly he scrambled up. But there's the only video that's clear of him anywhere near the summit is when he got up there and he got to like, you know, 400 meters from the top and he was later in the afternoon and he was making the wise decision of turning around. It reminded me of my second or third attempt. Uh, I guess it was second attempt to get to the top of Whitney and I got within a half a mile and it was late in the afternoon and I turned around and it was very difficult. In fact, it's on YouTube somewhere, you know, very difficult. So anyway, supposedly he goes back up there, which, you know, but there's not like a lot of documentation. And then he has this video of him on top of the mountain, but it's super dark. You can't see shit. His GPS isn't working, supposedly, all kinds of stuff. Really no eyewitnesses. He himself says he was, you know, hallucinating, going kind of delirious. And, you know, you would think, well, he's got a headlamp on because he obviously got down safely. You know, put the headlight on to all the flags and crap on top of the mountain. There's so much stuff up there that it would be easily identifiable. Yet there isn't anything. So, not really sure. Um, you know, whether he made it or he didn't make it, you know, in his mental state, he may have thought he was at the summit and we will never know. Kind of goes with what goes hand in hand with Everest. You know, did Mallory and Irvin actually make it way back when? And as always, stay healthy, be boring, not epic.